Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. What's up, Victory? I'm so thankful you could join us here today for Church Online. I just want you to know that I love you so much. I pray for you regularly, and I'm just so thankful to be able to lead in your life as your pastor. And I just want to say thank you for being the best and the most generous church in all of Central Florida. Go on, that's who we are. It's who we're going to be. Right around the corner, just two weeks from now, is Easter Sunday, and I'm so excited about what's coming up, what God is doing. We have so many great ways you can be involved in Easter. Of course, you can come to services. We've got invite cards just like this. You can get some of those. We have some that we've sent you by email and social media that you can use to invite your friends. I just want to encourage you to invite, invite, invite somebody to Easter. I believe that one invite can change someone's life forever. We've got three services this year, 7 a.m. sunrise service and our normal 9.15 and 11 a.m. right here in person at the team center. And our times are changing for church online for that day. We'll have 9.15, 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Easter Sunday. It's going to be an amazing day worshiping the Lord, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. And of course, we're going to be giving all the kids pre-packaged Easter eggs with candy already inside of them this year so that they can take a prize home with them. If you want to be part of helping us stuff candy inside of Easter eggs, you can come join us at the Team Center Friday, March 26th at 7 p.m. or right after the 11 a.m. service on Sunday, March 28th. It's going to be a great time uh, blessing the boys and girls. Why don't we take just a moment and pray together before we get into the message today. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you are here with us, that you're never far, but you are always close. So God, I pray today that you would speak to us through your word, that it would come alive in us. Let your word go deep inside of our hearts. Let it take root and produce fruit in us because we are good ground. And if you agree, let me hear you shout amen. As I was praying about the season we're in right now and what to encourage us with as a house, a body, and a family, I felt that God lead me to focus on talking about our faith because I believe God wants you and me to be not only talking about our faith, but being effective in sharing our faith with other people. One of the things that is so evident when you study the life of Jesus and the disciples who followed him was that faith in Christ was never meant to be kept just to ourselves. It was always meant to be shared with others. If we were to pause for just a moment, I'm sure almost all of us would be able to think of someone in our lives that needs Jesus. Someone that needs an encounter with God the way you and I have had an encounter with the Spirit of God. They need healing. They need restoration. Maybe they need a miracle. Maybe their marriage is on the brink of divorce. Maybe it's a friend who's been battling some kind of addiction, or maybe they're just heartbroken because of the loss of a loved one, or maybe they've just become consumed by everything in this life, work and money and family accomplishments, and they're just going through the motions. You can probably all think of someone right now, maybe you can even picture their face and they're in some place where they need God. The reality is, is that God has brought that person into our lives with the purpose and the intent 
so that you would be the light in their lives that connects them to Jesus. Now, last week we started in John chapter 1. It's a beautiful passage of scripture that really points to the fact that if we want to be effective in sharing our faith, it's all about Jesus. Today I want to skip ahead to John chapter 4 to a story where Jesus is actually sharing his faith with a woman and then when she receives faith in Jesus then she turns and now she's the one to share her faith with others. And I want to look at the story today so that we can continue to discover some very practical ways for us to also be effective in sharing our faith in Jesus. If you got your Bibles or the YouVersion Bible app, turn, turn with me to John chapter 4. We'll start in verse 1. Now, I normally preach in the NIV, but I love the Passion Translation. That's what I want to read this from today. It says, The news quickly reached the Jewish religious leaders known as the Pharisees that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptized than John, although Jesus himself didn't baptize but only his disciples. Now, one thing to note in this part of the story is the controversy that's being created by the religious people. They're stirring up gossip. They're, they're talking about, yeah, see all these people are leaving John's church and they're going to Jesus' church because he's going to baptize them. They're creating jealousy and comparison out of things that weren't even real. John tells us plainly, Jesus wasn't even doing the baptizing, but that was the claim. And it's, I don't believe that the religious people, that they were just bad in and of themselves. They probably loved God. We know because they devoted their lives to studying the scripture, to doing the external things to worship God. In other words, they knew a lot about God. They knew all the Sunday school stories. They knew the right things to do. But at some point, they got more concerned, more wrapped up in what things were like on the outside of their lives rather than allowing God to be close enough in their lives to produce change at the heart level. See, I believe God is more interested in the condition and the contents of your heart than he is anything else. Why? Because whatever holds your heart dictates all the other areas of your life. Let me show you in Scripture. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Another translation says, for the issues of life flow through your heart. In the next verse, in John chapter 4, verse 3, Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. It's interesting that Jesus abruptly left the scene when there was uh, gossip and chaos and all this stuff going on. Like, and I just tell you, if you want to remove gossip and slander and contention and a divisive spirit from your life, maybe it's time for a change of scenery. See, the environment you put yourself in has more to do with who you will become than just about anything else. So Jesus left the scene to get rid of all the slander, all the gossip, and he headed for Galilee. Now, this would have been a journey of about 70 miles. And our thinking, 70 miles ain't so bad. It's just about an hour drive or something. But Jesus, he wasn't getting in the car and driving down the, the, the 408 or the 528. He wasn't even getting on I-4. This was a journey on foot, and it would have taken him approximately two and a half days of walking these 70 miles. That's kind of like spending a whole week at Disney just walking around, walking mile after mile. See, this route that Jesus took was significant because he chose the shortest route, which is a straight line between two points. See, Judea was in the south. And to get to Galilee in the north, there was a straight line. That's the 70 miles. 
but that person to go on that trip would have to travel in between was an area called Samaria. Now the problem with this was there was extreme ethnic prejudice, racism, hatred that existed for the Jew, the Samaritan people from the Jewish people. It was so bad that most Jewish people making the same journey from Judea to Galilee would go out of their way to avoid going through Samaria altogether. And they would travel a road that led them through a hot and dry desert. It was much longer, in fact, almost double the length. So from two and a half days to five days of uncomfortable journeying through the desert, just so they didn't have to go through Samaria. Can I just say, hatred for another group of people because of their skin color, their ethnicity, or even their beliefs or lifestyle is not from God. Jesus came and died on the cross so that every person, regardless of their background or skin color or beliefs, would have the opportunity to put their faith in Jesus and be saved. So as followers of Jesus, we love people. We share the life-giving message of Jesus with people through the love of Jesus. And this is one of the reasons why I personally love Jesus, because he cuts through all the cultural nonsense, all the hatred, and all the racism that people allow in their lives to divide us, and he went straight through Samaria. I love that Jesus, John even says it this way, Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Now, that, that just wasn't true. He didn't have to. He decided to go right through the middle of what everyone else wanted to avoid. This just tells me that there is nothing too broken or divided that Jesus can't restore. There's nothing in our lives that's so bad that would cause Jesus to say, you know what, let's not go there. He ain't afraid of it. He wants to be right in the middle of what we're going through. In, in verse 5, it says, Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well and sent his disciples into the village to buy food, for it was already afternoon. So not only did Jesus travel through Samaria, they've been traveling all day. They're hot, they're tired, they're thirsty, and they're hungry. And Jesus stops, sits down at a well in the middle of this area that Jews refused to go, and he sends his disciples into the town to get some Chick-fil-A, baby, come on. Now, if you take that phrase, he sent them into the town to get some food, translated in the original Greek, it tells us that it wasn't a Sunday because they were going for Chick-fil-A. <laughs> no, that's not what it says, but that's funny right there. I don't care what y'all say. This next verse says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. She replied, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now clearly, this woman recognizes the social and ethnic differences between them, and she's responding accordingly. She's like, no, our worlds are too far apart. We don't talk to each other. And Jesus, man, it's awesome. He gets right down to business. Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink. I wouldn't give you Zephyr Hills. I wouldn't give you Dasani. <laughs> I would give you living water. Aqua Viva, baby. You know, Jesus is trying to offer her spiritual transformation, life everlasting, right? 
The woman, like, she's in another realm of thinking entirely. Jesus replied to her and said, uh, the woman replied to Jesus, but sir, you don't even have a bucket. Those wells very deep, so where are you going to find this living water? Do you really think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and his livestock? So she's clearly not getting what Jesus is putting down. You know, she's totally thinking in the natural. You don't have a bucket and you don't have a cup or anything. How are you going to get water? And Jesus is talking about the spiritual. He answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you will be thirsty again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they'll never be thirsty again. Now that's it right there. It's what every person is looking for, to be satisfied, to be filled up, to be fulfilled, to live this life with purpose and not just be empty and searching. And it's, the truth is, everything we're looking for, everything that we need, it's only found in Jesus. And if that wasn't good enough, Check out the next part of what Jesus said to her. Not only would you have living water, he says, for when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit flooding you with endless life. So it's not just enough for you, but it, it's so much life that it floods out of you and spills all over every part of your life. Jesus is preaching good. He's dropping Instagram quotables left and right, and she's not getting it. The woman replied, let me drink this water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here for water. She's like, where's the cup? Where's the bucket? Let me have a drink of this water. I'm kind of parched. I'm a little thirsty. Jesus is here. He's trying to share faith with this, this young lady, but she's just so focused on everything she's experienced, what she knows, what she's been trying to get through all the external things, trying to get it right. And like the message of faith that Jesus is speaking to her is just not getting through. Maybe you've been in that place too when you've been trying to share your faith with someone and it seems like it's going nowhere. This part of the story encourages me because it took Jesus several times of sharing his faith with this woman, staying at it, and she still wasn't getting it. And he was Jesus. He was probably the best one, and it wasn't getting through. So maybe when we share our faith, it will take more than once. It's going to take some consistency, some extra time, some extra explanation. See, we're not called to be one-hit wonders. Try it one time, and we gone. No, like, if we're going to be effective in sharing our faith, I dare say it's going to take a full commitment from us to stay at it, to keep sharing the life-giving message of Jesus. Finally, he shifts gears, not, not to embarrass the woman, but he gets really blunt, and I believe he's extending grace to her in this moment because he doesn't want her to miss out. He begins to tell her how to experience this life transformation and the fullness of God so that she's not stuck in this place. And Jesus begins to speak to her covering. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said, for you've been married five times. And now you're living with a man who is not your husband. You have told the truth. All of a sudden, Jesus is reading her mail, you know, and then it clicks in her brain. Oh, living water. We're not talking about regular water that we drink out of a cup from this well. We're talking about spiritual things. I got it. I'm with you now. But then in the moment of this revelation where Jesus is speaking to her spiritually, she does what so many people do when they're confronted with something in their lives that is out of whack and God wants to bring change to. She goes down a religious rabbit hole, says the woman changed the subject. 
You must be a prophet. So tell me this. Why do our fathers worship God on hereby on this mountain? But your people teach that Jerusalem is the only place where we must worship. Who is right? She's trying to figure it out. She's going down this religious rabbit hole, asking the questions to divert attention from what the real matter is. And so many times when we start having this conversation with people, or you know, people say, oh, you go to church? Non-denominational or denominational? Does your pastor wear those jeans with the holes in them? And sorry, yes, I do. And sometimes people are like, is that one of those churches that just wants my money or whatever else? People start asking all these crazy questions. Isn't it crazy? As soon as the conversation turns spiritual with someone, all of a sudden they're pulling out some scripture, they're pulling out some news headline of some leader who messed up or something they heard. Well, what do you think about that? Shouldn't Christians act this way? Shouldn't they not treat that way? How could a Christian support this person or whatever else? And it can be so intimidating. But I love that Jesus didn't back down. He didn't give up sharing his faith. He responded, Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you will worship the Father neither on a mountaintop nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. So Jesus, he's answering this religious rabbit hole, not by being drawn into an argument or a discussion, but by speaking to the root cause that worship of the Father is not about everything else, but about the condition of our heart. It's almost like Jesus is trying to say, hey, 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 let's not get caught up in our human preferences as a way to look and sound spiritual, but keeping our hearts isolated and self-contained. Listen, it's all about your heart. God is after your heart. Jesus would go on and tell the woman, from now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with a right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. Your people don't really know the one they worship, but we Jews worship out of our experience, for it is from the Jews that salvation is available. So in great compassion, Jesus is going right at her heart. She's trying to go down a rabbit trail, trying to avoid the conversation, and Jesus is coming right for her heart. He tells her, listen, it's not about whether you worship God here or there. It's not about the external. It's all about the posture of your heart. And you don't have to wait to worship God in some whatever state. You don't have to wait to receive what God wants to do. The time is now. Don't put it off. Aqua Viva, living water is available to you right now. Jesus continues his conversation with her, trying to help her understand that the truth of God's word and she can know God for herself and experience him right where she is. She doesn't have to wait. And in this moment, she receives faith from Christ. And in verse 28, after she's uh, had this moment, now she becomes the witness. It says, all at once, the woman left her water jar, ran off to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go see Jesus. Come on. That's what it means to be effective in sharing our faith. And I believe this is what God is up to. That's what he means when he says, I want you to be effective in sharing your faith, that we would go out into our village and find other people who are hurting, broken, people in our office, people who are searching for truth, the ones who are just trying to get through their life, trying to be a good person, the ones in our schools, in our neighborhoods, the ones in our homes, in our families. See, being effective and sharing our faith is sharing what God has done in your life. 
This could be the one you're looking for. He did it for me. I know he can do it. God's plan is that the one being witnessed to becomes the one to go and witness. Think about the story. The woman came to the well and Jesus was at the well. She heard the message of faith from Jesus, received it, and then went to share her faith. Now, in this story, there are three practical ways for us as followers of Jesus to be effective in sharing our faith. If you're taking notes today, I hope you'll write these down. Here's the first one offer an invitation. Sometimes people get all mixed up in sharing their faith and think, well, I'll just live a certain way. I'll just live a good life. I'll be a good Christian and other people will see my life and they'll know and they'll, they'll find out about God that way. And yes, our lives are a testimony of what Jesus has done. But can I tell you, there comes a time, if we want to be effective, that we need to get out of ourselves and offer an invitation for someone around us, someone in our world, to know Jesus. How will they ever know about Jesus if no one ever tells them? In our story, the woman's invitation was super clear. Verse 29, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the one we're waiting for. That's the simplicity of the gospel. Come and meet Jesus. It's never come and meet a person or come and join a thing or this or that. No, it's come and meet Jesus because it's only through Jesus that we can be saved. We can't save anybody. It's the power of Christ working in us that causes salvation, right? So being effective in sharing our faith is all about inviting people to know Jesus in a personal way. Those people don't need more self-help messages from people. They don't need more podcasts on this. They don't just need an encouraging smile every now and then just to make it through. No, people need salvation in Jesus. They need restoration. People need healing. They need someone who will be bold enough to step into the mess of their life and pray with them. Someone who, who will tell them that, hey, you can never be good enough on your own. It's only through Jesus that you can be forgiven. People need someone to tell them that there is no darkness too dark for the light of Jesus. That it's never too late. It's never too far for God because he specializes in restoring things that are broken. Come on, it's time for us to rise up and begin to share the message of Jesus. And let's be careful not to mix up the method with the message. There are different methods, and can I tell you, the method will change, but the message of Jesus never will change. See, at Victory, that's why we do things like at the movies. That's why we do things like fall festivals. That's why we do food giveaways. That's why we take a box truck out into the community to share Jesus with people who might never step foot inside of a church. We're out there standing there on a sunny afternoon with some folding chairs and a microphone and some speaker and some loud music just to have the opportunity to share Jesus because those people might not come into the church, but they'll come out in the middle of their neighborhood and hear somebody preaching and give them a box of food. The method has changed, but the message of Jesus is the same. Why is it important? Because it's not a building that will reach people. It's not more services. It's not a, a dream center. It's not the box of food or even more hope trucks that are going to tell people about Jesus. Those are good things, but they are just tools to open the door for another believer of Jesus to share the message of Jesus with somebody else. It's people who are full of the Holy Spirit and boldness 
that reach others with the love of Jesus. Some great ways to offer an invitation to know Jesus. I want to give you a few. And this is no, by no means an exhaustive list, but really just a starting point. Some ideas in my life. And maybe you'll have some extra ideas too. I would love for you to share those with us in the chat even right now. One idea is invite someone to church. Oftentimes people are like, I don't know how to lead someone to the Lord. I wouldn't even know what to say. What can I do? Well, invite someone to church. I know at Victory, every time we get together for a service, there's always going to be an opportunity for someone to hear the message of Jesus and receive him in their life. I can promise you that. Another great way is you can share your faith is ask them if you can pray for them. You will be amazed at what happens when you reach into their world and say, hey, are you okay? Can I pray with you about something? It's awesome what God does. Maybe another great way to share your faith with someone is to invite them to your connect group. Man, in connect groups, we're gathered in small groups of people, having a good time, friendships, getting to know each other. A great place in a small setting to be able to ask questions and share your faith with other believers and the person that you've brought there. Another great way to share our faith and offer a message of Jesus is by having compassion when their lives are pressing in on them. You know, like when life is getting crazy, the last thing you need is someone to just stand there and preach at you and tell you that you should be better, you should change your life. What if we just offered them compassion and got into action? We, we, we offered help to them. What's going on in your life? Can I help you? Like, can I bring some meals to your family? Can I, can I buy you a tank of gas? Whatever it is, God will give you creative and u- unique ways to show compassion to the people in your life when they're just going through the hardest times And I'm just telling you, if you will show compassion to people, it will open the doors like nothing else for you to have the opportunity to pray with them and lead them to know Christ. Here's another practical way we're talking about ways to be effective in sharing our faith. Number two, share your testimony. See, the woman in John chapter 4 invited people to come and meet a man And then she shares her testimony. He told me everything I've ever done, all that I've been through. He knew about it and he loved me and forgave me anyway. Her testimony was about her faith in a moment and how it changed her life. She believed the message of Jesus and as it changed her, she went and shared it with others. And it's the same with us. We can be most effective in sharing Jesus with others when we talk about our faith and the change it had in our lives. It's, you know, it's the thing that God is doing in your life that will motivate people to want to know Jesus, right? So here's the question. What is God doing in your life? If that's the thing that is going to motivate someone else to know Jesus, then what is it? What is God doing in your life right now? If you had to share a testimony about Jesus with someone, would it be something God is doing today or in the last few days, maybe in the last week or two, or would it be like, Well, 33 years ago, I gave my heart to Jesus, and then I got baptized. Can I tell you, if that was you, that's a great testimony. We are rejoicing. And please don't hear what I'm not saying. We want to celebrate the fullness of God throughout the years and remember all that he has done for us. It's amazing. But here's the the reality. God is moving in your life today. As we're talking about being effective and sharing our faith, if the last time you recognized that God did something supernatural in your life was years and years and years ago, then you might not be getting the most out of your relationship with God. See, God is Lord over all, including our past. He's done a great work in our lives, but He's not done. 
He's not done yet. God wants to move in your life. He's in the business of moving in your life today. He's in the business of speaking to you today. God wants to lead you today. He wants to guide you and provide for you by the power of his spirit today. Come on, God is an ever-present God. He's with us. So one of the most encouraging things and faith-building things I know happens in my life is when someone comes and begins to share what God is doing in them right now. God is speaking to them or doing something. They've seen a miracle of healing or a miracle of provision or God provided a job, an open door. Somebody, God spoke a word to them in their quiet quiet time last week. Man, it just builds faith in me because God is always moving and seeing his faithfulness and goodness working in someone else, man, it just reminds me that God is moving in my life too. So what is it that God is doing in your life right now? And by the way, if you're needing a touch from God, maybe you're the one saying, I haven't seen anything supernatural happening in my life. Can I tell you, there's no better time than the present. James chapter 4 verse 8 tells us, come near to God and he will come near to you. I love that promise. So come on, let's go. Like, you can begin to see God moving in your life right away. Get into the Word of God this week. Spend some time reading your Bible. Spend some time in prayer and in worship. Come with thanksgiving into God's presence, just being grateful for all that He's done for you. God, I thank you for your goodness. I praise you for how faithful you've been to me, God, that all these years you've been with me. I thank you that I hear your voice. Even if you're struggling like, God, are you speaking to me? Just begin to thank Him for speaking to you. Thank Him that you hear His voice. And I believe that God is going to move in your life in big ways this week. Come on, we're talking about keys to sharing our story. Number one, offer an invitation. Two, share your testimony. Here's the last one today. Release the results to God. So often people become discouraged or reserved in sharing their faith because, you know, like, well, they tried to share their faith once, the other person rejected it or wasn't interested or whatever. And so then they just, they don't want to share their faith anymore. Oh, that's for somebody else. I don't do it good enough or whatever. Listen, can I tell you, our job is never to change anyone. Our job is to be obedient, to share the light in the life of Jesus when we have the opportunity. Let me say it this way. We're never responsible to change a person's heart, but we are responsible to, to go and say, come and see Jesus who changed my life, and he can do the same for you. Look at what happened when this woman from our story in John 4 shared what Jesus had done in her life. In verse 30, hearing her testimony, the people came streaming out of the village to come and meet Jesus. Man, that's so awesome. She was effective in sharing her faith. And, and the, the truth is, people are looking for answers. They're looking for more than what they already have in their own life. I said it last week, but I believe it, that every single person has a God-shaped void in their life because we were created to know God and we're connected to Him personally, but sin entered the world and broke apart that connection. It created this void in us that is only filled by God. People try to fill it with all different kinds of things and they'll call the search for, for God for all different types of ways, seeking a higher power or searching for their truth or they're trying to find a higher state of being or they're find, looking for enlightenment or whatever people want to call it. Some people will not acknowledge it at all. I'm good on my own. I don't need anything else. But every single person is searching for something that will fill them up, searching for something that will finally quench their thirst and leave them fulfilled. And when people experience our lives, remember Jesus said there would be a fountain of 
living water. Like when they see how we speak, they hear how we speak and they see our conduct. They see how we treat other people and all the little things that we think no one else sees from us. Are they encountering this life-giving aqua viva from us or is it something else? See, when we've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, there's a fountain of life from the Spirit of God that flows out of us. I believe that today, God wants to fill you up with a fountain of living water through the power of His Holy Spirit. If we really want to be effective in sharing our faith with others and see people coming to know Christ, this is what it will take. The living water of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. So let me ask you, who is it that God has divinely brought into your life? And this person, the people, they're trying to figure it out. They're trying to make sense of this life. And they just don't know Jesus in a real and personal way. Man, Easter is two weeks away. And this is an incredible opportunity to invite someone to come to church with you. There are divine moments that God gives us to make a difference in the life of someone else. And could it be that your invitation could be the thing that God can use to do a life-transforming work in someone else? It's, it's great to come and celebrate Jesus and his resurrection on Easter. It's going to be an awesome day. We're going to celebrate. It's going to be amazing. But do you know what's even more fun than just celebrating Easter is experiencing it? When you have someone that you invited, someone you prayed for, someone you brought with you and they're sitting right next to you and you've maybe, maybe you even had to give them a ride to church, you brought them or whatever and they're sitting right next to you in the service and at the end of the service with every head bowed and every eye closed, you peek over at just the right time and I gave you permission to do it. You peek over and you see their hand raised to give their life to Jesus. Come on, come on. That's it right there. That's awesome. That's something you like, you'll remember that moment for the rest of your life and you'll be like, this was the greatest Sunday ever and not because it was Easter, not because of the music, not because of the preacher jokes, not because of the message or anything else other than you'll remember that God used you to help another person find life in Jesus. Come on, wherever you are today, let's get to our feet and begin to pray. Lord, I just thank you that you are moving right now. God, I thank you for your calling on our lives, that you called us to be the ones to share the life-giving message of Jesus with people in our lives. God, I pray right now you bring to, the, to every person a name, a face, someone in our lives that you've divinely brought to us, Lord God, to be able to share the message of Jesus with God. I pray right now you give each and every one of us boldness. Give us courage. Lord, I even pray you give us the right words to say to share Jesus with these people. Lord God, I thank you that there would be nothing that would keep us. Lord God, I pray right now even for these these people. If you have a family member, someone you're believing for, so maybe it's someone at work you, that you just know. Maybe it's a name that God brought to your mind right now. Let's begin to pray for that person. Lord, I pray that each and every one of these people would have an opportunity to know you before they leave this earth. God, I pray that you would open the doors of their lives and their hearts so that they're ready to hear the message of Jesus. I pray even right now, Holy Spirit, that faith would begin to build, that you'd begin to draw them so that they could call on the name of Jesus and be saved. I want to pray for those, maybe you, you're hearing this today and you've never shared your faith. Maybe you even didn't realize it was your responsibility to share your faith. You just thought, oh, the church is going to take care of that. Somebody else will do that. But today you recognize, I need to begin to share my faith. Maybe that's through praying for people. Maybe that's you just need to begin to offer an invitation because you've been the one to just, I'm going to live my life and hopefully people figure it out on their own. And today you recognize, man, God has called me to this. 
I want to pray for you right now, just that God will begin to do a work in your life. Lord, I thank you for an anointing, for an empowerment of the Holy Spirit to begin to flow through each and every person, that we begin to live our lives to help other people know Jesus. God, I pray there would be no condemnation, Lord God, but there would just be conviction in our lives to be ready to share the life-giving message of Jesus. Lord, give us a heart of compassion that would be ready to move to help people to know you. And I want to pray for a second group of people today. You've heard the message, but if you're honest, you really don't know Christ. You're really far from God. You're the one, you've been searching, you've been trying everything else to figure it out. And you just, you feel empty. You feel like, yeah, I've tried all these other things and I'm still thirsty. I'm still searching. I'm still looking. Can I just tell you, that's why you're here today, to encounter Jesus. He has aqua viva, life giving water for you so that you can drink in your spirit, so you can be satisfied and in the searching and in the trying. And today the choice is yours to stay where you are, keep trying to figure it out, keep trying to make things make sense, or finally just surrender your life to Jesus and let him bring life into your spirit. Maybe you're here and you've been a Christian, but you've, you're just far from God. You've walked away from him. It's been a long time since you've been close to him. Today, you're ready to recommit your life to him and come back to God. Wherever you're at on this today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I want to give my life to Christ. I need to give my life to him again and have a real relationship with God. If that's you, I want to invite you to just click right now to raise your hand in the chat, or you can type the name Jesus in the comments on whatever platform you're watching today. We have someone ready to pray with you. Would you pray out loud all together with me so that no one is praying alone? Would you repeat this prayer? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Create in me a new heart. I believe that Jesus is my Savior and He is Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me and making me part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, then scripture tells us in that moment, the life of God, the, the aqua viva of God and the power of the Holy Spirit came inside of you. You've been made brand new. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. So let me say, welcome to the family. I'd love to have the privilege, the honor to pray with you and just encourage you, help you take the next step in your faith with God, would you send me a message on whatever platform you're watching or maybe send me an email, info at victoryorlando.com. I love you so much and I can't wait to see you again right here next week for Church Online.